We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Like 80% of your happiness from the game or like 80% of your happiness overall? I'm from the game, from the game. I'm, I got more, <laughs> maybe you care a little too much. No, no, like, I'm not saying like overall in my life where it's like, I don't know. I would say at least 70% of my happiness comes from the Browns. That's it's true. It is a miracle that you're here talking with us. In that <laughs> What's up everybody. Welcome back to stay hot. I'm Matthew Sponauer joined by Blade and Kirk and Theo Ash. How are y'all doing today? Terrible today. Every time you're, you're at, no, uh, I'm good. I'm doing great. Uh, reminder that we are on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. So make sure to subscribe, review, do all that good stuff. We have a lot to get into today. I don't think I've gone into an episode of this podcast with more to say than this one. Uh, obviously, we want to talk NBA. We want to talk Lakers, Warriors, um, playoffs, all that good stuff. But we're going to start off by uh, talking about Julio Jones here for a minute. There's been trade rumors circulating uh, about him for a while now. What are y'all thinking about that? I, I almost feel like it's similar to when there's trade rumors about Odell. Like, I don't know if there's any actual basis to it other than, you know, it, it's it's the off season and there's nothing to talk about. So every reporter and their mom is reaching for any sort of take they can find. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like he's one of those guys that'll get trade rumors, but you can never tell whether is it trade rumors because they heard that the Falcons want to trade him or is it trade rumors because they think that they would trade him. I've seen yeah. like a lot of those trades that they'll be like a second round pick and a third round pick. 
that might just keep Julio. I don't, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, that, that's your long-term guy. I'm a big believer. And like, if you've had a guy for 10 years, Julio Jones, if you're going to get just like a second round pickback for him, he's still yeah. playing well, just keep him. Even though I know you're maybe in a little bit more rebuilding spot. I mean, I've seen some trades or I've seen some rumors that they would like to trade Julio Jones. Some insiders saying like the Falcons have been shopping this. It's been a consistent rumor since, I mean, late in the regular season, really. We've heard, I mean, they kind of flared up again. They were there and then they kind of died down and now they're back. So I feel like it's a little bit different than the Odell situation just because it seems like the Falcons are shopping him a little bit more and the Odell trade is more speculation because people look at Odell and like he's been underwhelming in Cleveland a little bit and they got a little bit better without him. So I think with Odell, the reaction is more, oh, they they could trade him. It might make sense for them to trade him. Maybe I would trade him. With Julio, it seems more like the Falcons are trying to trade him. I wouldn't. Like that it seems like a little bit different in that scenario. And if they would like to trade Julio, they'll probably trade Julio. Like they'll be able to find a a deal. Yeah, I kind of figured that they would have done it by now, honestly. You know, you figure you get that done during the draft or before the draft. Obviously, you know, they're not forced to do that or anything. But I just really want to see an offense that has Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts, and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, no, that that's going to be scary, especially with Arthur Smith at the helm coaching. You know what? Yeah, the Panthers always get <laughs> killed by Julio Jones. He kills us. I mean, he put up like 300 yards at one time. So if they want to trade him away for a third-down draft pick, <laughs> be my guess. I'm with, I'm with you yeah, there. I'm sure, the, I'm sure you'd be happy. I get flashbacks to that NFC Championship game where we where the Packers had Ladarius Gunther, I think his name was on him, and he just like... <laughs> ate him, cut, oh cut him up God. into little tiny pieces. <laughs> like it was like a hibachi chef, like throwing him around <laughs> like crazy. Uh, if he does get traded, um, I would say like, I feel like every team in the league could probably use a Julio Jones. I would say maybe watch out for Tennessee. I mean, they don't really have a wide receiver too. That is, well, they would, it would probably be AJ Brown, but you know, that could be deadly. There seems to be a very strong need for a wide receiver not named AJ Brown. That's that's just one place where I could see him ending up. I don't know if you guys have thought about that at all. Yeah, no, it's hard to see. You're going to keep seeing him get like traded to like the mock trades like Kansas City or whatever. I don't know how realistic that is, but it would be sweet. We got to talk a little bit, obviously, about the NBA now and uh, what happened in the playing tournament. See him in my Hornets jersey if you're watching on YouTube. Had to rep him. Very rough loss. That it was terrible. I, that I is felt one bad the, for you, Matt. I really did. What killed me about it isn't necessarily that we lost. It's that we got blown out and it was never an interesting game. Like immediately the Hornets went down big and then they never were in it at any point in that game. It didn't look like they were ready for it at all. And that's on Borrego, end of the day. Uh, you can't finish your season off by losing six straight games. I know the Hornets have shown a ton of potential this season. I know that the future's bright. But so many teams are telling themselves right now, well, we didn't make the playoffs, but the future's bright. And I hate that the Hornets are one of those, considering we just spent big money on Gordon Hayward and we were, you know, we were the four seed at one point. Uh, So to be the 10 seed and then miss the playoffs, it's brutal. We were the nine seed last year and we were bad. We finished as the worst seed this year. (laughs) Is it worse to have your favorite team get blown out from the very beginning or is it worse to lose a heartbreaking close game for you? 
heartbreaking close game is better in my opinion at least in this scenario i would have liked to see the hornets be in some like elimination game like playoff level basketball and i feel like i just totally missed out on that experience because immediately the hornets weren't in it i mean three guys looked like they were really ready for it cody zeller miles bridges and Lamelo. and Lamelo was hurt uh so he didn't even play that well but at least he had the energy uh but defensively i mean we're just like stepping under screens on guys who can shoot really well and i was just and then i we're hitting all their shots and we kept stepping under screens. We kept leaving, uh, leaving Doug McDermott open for easy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. I think it's always better to see your team play well, even though like close games do kind of scar me for life a little bit more than, than (laughs) blowouts do. It is, at least it's interesting, and at least you're, you get to you're see. No, you're no stranger to close games, are you? Oh, I'm not. I've seen some. <laughs> I've seen some gut wrenching, terrible losses. But I guess, like, I, I do. I do, I would agree with Matt that it's it's better to have some hope. It's always better to see your team play better. And uh, yeah, the Hornets did not play very well. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, we're talking about okay. This year is just for the Hornets to show potential. Well, they showed no potential in that game. They showed. I mean, I can't believe that they came out and looked that bad. Yeah. I mean, we predicted that they'd lose, but that was not even, that wasn't just like a loss. That was like, they did not deserve to be there. They deserve to be exactly, you know, way lower. So, and I'm, I'm thinking that the Pacers will be healthy next year and they seem like they're a better team than us. Uh, Washington seems like they're a better team than us right now. Boston should be healthy and better next year. Chicago. I mean, they're going to have two all-stars next season. So the Hornets are no guarantee to be back in the play in next year. For sure. Hopefully getting Hayward back and LaMelo healthy and maybe he'll take the next step and maybe they'll get a center and it'll change things. But as of now, I'm not feeling like I like what I saw. Don't get me wrong. I think it's still like a six out of 10 season. Someone asked me to rate it out of 10, but um, I'm really disappointed. I I mean, you have to be happier than like normal considering, you know, all that's happened. But at the same, <laughs> I, I know. Okay, but you you you're coming from the same it's spot. A very I am. low bar you're, with you're, the word. <laughs> sometimes tr- trust me, I know about low bars. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I would just think that like you know the Browns making the playoffs was exciting enough. I even if we had lost to the Steelers, it's like that's the first time I've gotten to watch my team in the playoffs. So I think from that point of view, it's it's really technically the Hornets didn't even make the playoffs. Technically, yeah. <laughs> technically, I, they, I view it as not making the playoffs. Let's not get too far. Yeah, okay. But the difference, I guess the difference between what the Browns did and what the Hornets did is that the Browns proved that they turned the corner. They are no longer the Browns because they went in the playoffs, beat the Steelers. That is a big deal. If they had made the playoffs and then gotten blown out by Pittsburgh, it would have just been same old Browns. Nothing's yeah. changed. And with the Hornets, I, I made a joke at the beginning of the season. Kimball Walker, our best all-time player, leaves in free agency for nothing. We go from a nine seed to a nine seed. No matter what we do, it feels like nothing changes. And even <laughs> though we showed potential this season, we finished as a 10 seed. I don't feel like enough's changed yet. Same old Hornets. We predicted Washington to win, uh, and they did not. They did not win. Because yeah. Jason Tatum decided that he didn't want to lose that game. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think part of I that, guess. I wonder, I, if I was the Celtics, I'd be very happy that I'm not going up against the 76ers. I feel like that's kind of their rival and they wouldn't have a very good shot in that series. I, it would be, you know, you don't want to go get swept by the 76ers. They don't want to get swept by Kyrie Irving though, either. Did you see him chanting the F Kyrie chant after, after that is true. That is true. They don't want to get in Bill, Bill Simmons on the ringer podcast was like, if we lose to Kyrie, I'm going to stop watching or something like they, I think they might. That's an interesting beef. And that's an interesting dynamic is how much they hate Kyrie Irving. 
Tatum is a really good four. Tatum uh, can create shots in a lot of different ways. He can get hot. He's a very good defender. That'll be a top 10, top five player uh, in the league at some point. Every time I watch Tatum, he does something spectacular. Like yeah. I was watching one of the, so I don't, you know, watch all these Celtics games all the time, but uh, one of the ones I watched earlier this year, I'm trying to remember who they play, but they just hit this, he hit this game winning, ridiculous, deep step back, you know, yeah. Luca esque, Dame esque shot. Like he's, He's such a problem. And yeah. th- then there's a guy like Russell Westbrook, right? Who every time he gets in the playoffs, it's like five for 18, 10 for 25. And it's like, you're worried. You don't want guys like that. And it, for, if you're a Celtics fan, you've got to love watching your star player get into these, these must win games and go for a good, like, you know, blow up for 50. Like if you can, there are some guys who just kind of have that, factor in them and in that game tatum is one of them and like westbrook just isn't and that's yeah kind I, of the difference. I almost kind of understand now why people don't put westbrook as like one of the top players or top point guards in the league because he just just disappeared he just totally disappeared and and you can't do that and be considered one of the best players in the league right and he's been doing that for a while yeah yeah if you can make westbrook settle for jump shots instead of letting him get inside um, it's going to cause some problems for him. I also thought that Kemba played really well. I, I feel like this problem with the Celtics team build right now is that Kemba sometimes gets relegated or oftentimes gets relegated to the third option when Jalen Brown's healthy. And that's not using him to the best of his ability. Really. It doesn't fit what he does. Maybe I'm a little biased in the Kemba Jersey right now, but um, it was, it was nice to see him as a second option or as like one of the main scoring options really uh, do well. Big game, though. The big one. Lakers-Warriors. Now, we're all LeBron fans here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. (laughs) Uh, So I was very happy to see the Lakers pull that one out. And LeBron hit a super clutch deep three over Steph Curry. That 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 warms my heart. That warms (laughs) my heart. It does. The Lakers came out. They looked awful. They looked awful in the first half. What was it? It was Schroeder, LeBron, and Anthony Davis started like two for 28 or something ridiculous yeah, they, like they that. They couldn't do anything. They, but yeah. they were only down six. That was the crazy thing. They were playing like trash, but they were like well within the game. Lakers are a defensive it, team. Like they're, they're, they're better in, on defense I think they're, than they are. I yeah. think they're the first in defensive rating in the whole league. Um, yeah, and, that was that even with, and that was even with Davis out for a long stretch, which is why yeah. I think... I, they're they're going to come out of the West because I just think that they're again like we just said Davis and LeBron were and Schroeder who's not really one of their big guys but Schroeder's their point guard they all sucked and they still had it within a manageable situation and like in the second half then the big two were normal and they could just kind of rolled and it's it's going to be that way I think just going to get more and more I mean my sons have them next and I'm not really. I, like I said last episode, always bet against your favorite team because you're either going to be right or pleasantly surprised. I, I have absolutely no problem. I will be very, very pleasantly surprised if the Suns come out of this first round. Well, uh, I, the one thing that kills me about the Lakers, particularly in the first half of that game, sometimes on offense, they're just so stagnant. And it'll just be like Anthony Davis on Draymond one-on-one matchup, clear out for him. That's not a good, that's not a good look. Draymond's been great this year, and I'm not blaming Anthony Davis for that. I thought he was going to have a big game. I thought he was going to win that matchup, and he didn't. Um, but when they when they start moving a little bit more, it, it feels like they definitely 
uh, are a lot better. Also, somebody pointed this out to me. I forget who it was. Somebody tweeted at me and they said, uh, the Warriors were up in the fourth quarter and they're like, uh, Matthew said that Curry needed to drop 40 to get the Warriors a win. And it looks like he's going to do that. Well, Curry dropped. Uh, so I think I, I think I said something along those lines, or we all agreed something yeah. along those lines. Warriors lost by three. Curry dropped 37. Yeah, I, think, I remember, I remember I think you that's funny how that, that math works night. out. <laughs> and now we got Warriors Grizzlies, which I think we probably anticipate the Warriors winning that game. Um and getting the Jazz in the in the first round, maybe maybe the Grizzlies will pull it off. But that's the other play-in game. And I mean, I expected. I rem- I came out and was like, "Oh, Demar Derozan, he's got the experience, the playoff experience, pop the playoff experience." And then Lamar uh, Demar comes out and drops like one for eleven in the first half and just has like his worst game ever. <laughs> I was like, "Well, I hope no one really, I hope no one took me seriously talking talking basketball there because I was dead wrong." I just I feel like I feel like Golden State just doesn't have the gas on offense um, to get through a full game like that against a defensive team like the Lakers, and that's what happened. Um, they need Clay back badly, uh, but Curry Curry played great. There's just only so much you can do. Yeah, and that's that's what we said. We said Curry was going to have to carry the load, and that if he, you know, and he was did, almost, and it still wasn't yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, he still did. It just wasn't enough. If they hypothetically got to the finals, and I know they probably won't, could Clay? I mean, he's been out for a while with the ACL. Like he's probably pretty close to coming back. Like right. the finals would be in another month. Do you think he could just? sit in the corner and snipe? Do you think they'd clear him? I I have no idea. With what happened with Kevin Durant, they'd probably lean yeah. no. Also, that is incredibly unlikely. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm just posing beating, the question. Beating the Jazz would be an extremely tough task because that's probably oh, the right, best defensive yeah. team in the league. Yeah, Right, 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 right. I'm just, and I'm all, just wondering and also, out loud. Even if you brought Clay back just to like snipe in the corner, he also wouldn't be able to play any defense. He would be I wonder atrocious. how his defense would. It, it depends on how his knee is. I wonder how. That's it would what I'm be, saying. He would. I, I, I would bet uh, he would be atrocious defensively because I think you know defensively movement would be a lot harder than you know just you know you could obviously just sit in the corner and shoot, but to be able to go out there and actually play good defense because Clay is regarded as a pretty solid defender. I would. Oh yeah, for sure. Think I would think he would want. I think he would want him as a defender more so than you know just as a shooter because you can still score it pretty obvious if they're in the finals and it's the last 30 seconds of the game and you need a big shot they should sub him in (laughs) (laughs) bring him off his crutches it's been how long has it been it's been like the full season adrian peterson came back from his torn acl in like five months come on clay i'm just kidding clay take your time yeah i i was that's got to be the game of the year in my opinion that was uh you know that was incredible that was an incredible watch i'm seeing a, a question from our producer uh, did this Lakers performance worry you for the playoffs? Can anyone take them down? I don't think the Lakers played so well that I'm scared that nobody can take them down. But the Warriors were playing pretty good basketball, and the Lakers are playing pretty terrible in the first half, and they still won. Yeah. That's that's tough. I think there's one team that can take them down, and it kind of segues into the next, like, are there any topics that it – interest you and it's the Clippers. Uh, the, the NBA is a very, is a very narrative driven league. And like, right. I think it's probably the most driven by like storylines and drama. And last year, the Clippers were 
were propped up as the villains, right? And the big bad in the story of LeBron, which is kind of what the NBA is. And like, <laughs> the story of LeBron. James. And when the Clippers <laughs> choked that 3-1 lead to the Nuggets, the bad guys in the narrative cycle were kind of defeated. And that's kind of the end of them. And this year, I mean, they're still the Clippers. It's just they haven't been talked about as these final threats like they were last year because the narrative is now... The Nets, they're now the big, you know, bad in the uh, the story of LeBron and the and the ones that everyone is hyping up is like the villains that can LeBron take them down. That's just how the narrative cycle works. But the Clippers are still there. The Clippers did not disappear. This is not a TV show where they got written <laughs> off the show and they're gone. No. And there's top 10 in offense and defensive rating. You know, Kawhi Leonard is still a problem. Paul George, his redemption arc is going to be interesting to watch as the playoffs get going here after he stunk up the joint in the bubble. So I think like like you can look at it as either two ways where if the Lakers always play like they did last night, they're probably going to lose eventually because that was not good basketball by them. And if they weren't playing a low seed Warriors team, they would probably lose if they played like that all the time. But they were so awful that they won even though they played like that and you know, I, I feel like they're going to roll through the West and the only team that can stop them is probably the Clippers. I think, I think the Clippers are being underrated. Right I, now. I think it's also fair to mention, you know, the, you know, the Lakers played bad, but the Warriors are also a good defensive team. Like we talk about how good the Lakers are defensively, but the Warriors, like they played good defense. They, they did do match what they up were well. Yeah. They do match up well with Wiggins and uh, Green. I was wrong about that yesterday. They matched up really well. I definitely agree with you on the Clippers tech. I've been kind of sleeping on them all year. I've come to realize that they are not the same team that they were last year. That is the big difference. If this was last year's Clippers team, I'm taking the Lakers over. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that, but it isn't. Serge Ibaka and Luke Kennard were two excellent additions. Rondo always is uh, valuable in the playoffs, even off the bench. Uh, they've been shooting the lights out. They've got the defenders at least to, you know, throw at Anthony Davis and LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George. I do think that the Paul George uh, choking, like like when people talk about how he played really bad in the playoffs last year, it's a valid concern. Um, yeah. There's a lot of reports saying that it was kind of like a, a mental thing for him. Uh, so it wasn't even that he just had like one bad series or it's like you can have like two or three bad games at the wrong time. I feel like that's a lot what choking is when people bring that up. It's just having a right. bad game at the wrong time. But with him, it seemed like, I mean, it was multiple series against teams that I don't think matched up super well with the Clippers where he just didn't shoot well. And with all those reports of it being a mental thing, I'd like to see him come back and uh, be awesome. It's going to be tough for the Clippers if he can't step it up. Um, for sure. But they shoot the lights out. They're going to be tough for the Lakers. That's the thing. I think it's going to be very similar to Westbrook, where if he plays well in the playoffs, you know, I think, you know, the Clippers are definitely a threat to the Lakers. But if Paul George just doesn't show up, if he just disappears like Westbrook did, they're probably not going to be very good. I feel like it's a little bit different than with Westbrook because with Westbrook, Westbrook is it, an ability like Westbrook always plays like that. It's just in the playoffs when the spotlight is totally on him. It just becomes blatantly <laughs> obvious. Paul George doesn't play like that all the time. He's more efficient and like a better yeah. offensive threat than Westbrook is. He just, he just, I mean, he was throwing shots at the side of the backboard. Like he was not <laughs> like Westbrook is still Westbrook in the playoffs. It's just that being Westbrook is not the greatest thing to be in the playoffs. Like Paul George is not Paul George in the playoffs. He it's pandemic. It's the pandemic. <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely how I feel about it. Um, real quick, before we get into some of these first round matchups, I want to talk about, uh, 
Grizzlies, uh, San Antonio. I don't want to skip over that. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to see the Grizzlies get that win. Morant had a couple of mm-hmm. nice buckets down he there did. towards the stretch. Valanchunas is that good in 2K as well. I'm going to let he everybody is that know. Good. I, was, I thought about bringing it up last. He does not <laughs> miss in 2K and he gets like 20 boards a game. It's ridiculous. Not, not to bring up 2K on the game analysis, but I love him in 2K and he plays He's just so like in real life. In 2K. He, can, he, he is seriously a good interior scorer. He, he had some really, really? tough buckets. Um, and you know, he, he, that's a good classic center who can shoot a little bit too. He can space out the floor. I like him a lot. And Dylan Brooks went crazy. I, the Grizzlies just have a lot of guys who can go out and get him a bucket. I feel like they're a relatively deep team for sure. And they got to play. Are they locked into a seat or do they got to play? Someone they they got to play golden state. Oh, right, 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 right. But is there any first round matchup that y'all want to talk about in particular? first uh i mean i just talked about the clippers they got to get through the mavericks first they got to get through luca that was a first round matchup last year if i remember correctly and luca hit that game winning three that incredible shot that he that he had last year is what i remember from that series but what, what how did that one end four two yeah uh, four two four two that's what i thought and i don't see that being particularly different this time around uh so I don't know. If, I think that's I don't a know good if prediction. much has changed. I, I don't think that um, that is uh, Porzingis healthy right now. That's always oh, a question. I can never I keep up with Porzingis being healthy. He has not been awesome this year. He just can't no, he stay hasn't. healthy to save his life. And when you're injured like that all the time, eventually it starts to catch up with you. They don't have Curry this year. If I remember correctly, he played relatively well in that series. So I, I see Clippers and five or six. I think it'd be a pretty huge upset. Uh, I would agree. See anything else? I would agree. Luca will probably do something awesome though, which is always yeah. exciting. Oh yeah, it's, it's <laughs> definitely not Luca's fault. Yeah, um, the Mavericks just aren't there yet. They don't match up, in my opinion, with the Clippers at all. Yeah, I know. In the rundown, we got uh, I, on my notes. I got my Knicks Hawks stats, and I got my Nuggets Trailblazers stats. So those Knicks, are the other two. That's a tough one to pick. Knicks that's Hawks a very is tough a one tough to one to pick. Um. I remember I was watching the Hornets against the Knicks second to last game, or maybe it was the last game. I may forget the order. Um, down the stretch, dude, Nerland's Noel has been ridiculously good. Tom uh, Thibodeau puts his centers in such a good position to become, like, do their best as defenders, I feel like, because uh, Mitchell Robinson was doing the same thing. Nerland's Noel is having a career year, at least defensively. But I am a big Trey Young guy. I can't lie. I really don't want to see Trey Young underperform in this series because that guy gets a ridiculous amount of hate he does and yeah i i don't know i feel like thibodeau is incredible i think thibodeau probably should have gotten coach of the year over monty williams <laughs> as much as i love monty williams and i love the Suns, but like the, what the knicks have done this year like being i think probably top three top five defensive team in basketball i see them winning in seven even though i think that the Hawks have a little bit more talent and a little bit more firepower. Uh, they're a little bit more high flying and, you know, hit threes and the Knicks kind of slug slog through like defensive battles. But if you look at the play-ins, like those are all kind of slogging through defensive battles, you know, like in the playoffs kind of defense gets turned up a notch and you could either read that as the Knicks are built for the playoffs or the Knicks defensive edge is going to get mitigated because every team plays a little bit better defense in the, you could read that either way. And I don't know how it'll go, but yeah, I, got the I, Knicks I know the seven. Knicks. Yeah. I know the Knicks have been kind of overperforming this year to kind of some people's expectations, but I, I like to lean towards talent 
when picking for basketball. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the Hawks, but I could see it going to seven games for sure. It's a tough one for me. Um, I kind of feel like the Knicks are coming in here with a little, it's a little bit more of a magical season for the Knicks. You know, I mean, Knicks <laughs> fans the are momentum. going absolutely <laughs> a little bit, man, a little bit. Uh, I don't even think that's momentum. I think it's like, okay, you cannot tell me that the Hornets losing their last six games, like the Hornets lost their last five games of the regular season and then came out and didn't look ready for, or didn't have the energy in their playing game. I don't know what you want to call that. I think that's a real thing. They I call that Gordon Hayward that. being out and no one could score and Lamelo's <laughs> hurt. That's what I call that. Uh-huh. I would say here's my the thing with the like the Knicks are undefeated against the Hawks this year, three and zero. They're the best defending. They're the best at defending the three point shot, which is the Hawks kind of their game. I think they match up well. That's that's where I'm going into it. And the Knicks are kind of having a whatever stock you want to put into. The Knicks are finally good again. It can't end here. Here we yeah. go, kind of mentality. I don't put much stock in that, but if you are going to put stock in the storyline and the magical season factor, the Knicks do have that edge. If you want to, no, put it. but you're definitely right about the matching up well with three. And the Knicks play this like tough defense, you know, slow the ball down as much as humanly possible basketball, and that always seems to translate pretty well to the playoffs. That's a very playoff style basketball. But I, I worry that the Hawks maybe don't have, not the Hawks, uh, the Knicks don't have enough guys who can go get a bucket. So it kind of comes down to Derrick Rose. But yeah, I'd say Knicks in seven right now. Yeah. Okay. Outside of that, you had, uh, who are the Nuggets playing? Nuggets, we had Nuggets, Blazers. Trailblazers. Producer says we should do Nets Celtics. All right. Well, Nets Celtics. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that the Celtics are going to win. This is one of those series that you're just talking about. How many games do you think the Nets are going to take to win the series? Not to be like overly confident in the Nets, but I think the Celtics can get one. I think Tatum will go off one game or whatever, and maybe Kimball will play really well. Uh, but if the Nets have everybody back, everybody healthy, they're probably, I mean, I. They're going to win the finals. Guaranteed. 100% guaranteed. (laughs) I'm going to hit the Charles Barkley. Guaranteed that the Nets win the finals if everyone is healthy. If there's some injury, then they're not going to. They they might not. But if everyone is healthy, no one is beating the Nets. No one. Not the Celtics, not the Lakers, not the 76ers. It is as soon as the Harden trade happened and you teamed up. Everyone is always like, oh, Kevin Durant is the best scorer ever. Who else match? Who else can score in all the ways that he can? Well, the first two names that like are pretty high on the list of names that come to mind are Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Like those are like <laughs> three of the deepest bag, greatest scorers, most talent playmakers ever all on the same team, you're not beating them in seven games. Like they're going to beat you if they're all healthy. They are. And the Celtics, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they sweep the Celtics. I I wouldn't like it's, it's, I think the nets are going to be a complete buzzsaw every single, like not every player they're deep. I don't understand why they're not getting treated like the prime golden state warriors are with Curry, Clay and KD. Cause it's kind of a very similar deal and I'd say maybe there's a little bit less on the defensive end because there's no Draymond. I, I think the reason they're not getting the Warriors treatment is because the Warriors were proven. The Warriors had done it before. And right. then they got KD. And then it's like, okay, yeah. now they're just stupid. Whereas Ky- Kyrie, I guess you could say, is proven. You could say Kyrie's proven, but Harden's not. Harden hasn't gone out and won a finals. KD went only got a finals when he joined... 
Golden State. So that's why I would say they're not getting the Warriors treatment. But I agree, they're they should be the favorite. I mean, they're absurdly talented. But I that's I don't know. I wouldn't give them the Warriors I think, treatment. I definitely agree that because they haven't won a title yet, they're not going to be the super heavy favorites. And if they do win a title, you can bank it that everybody's going to then turn around and be like. We all knew they were all the favorites. Everybody was saying they were the favorites. Like, yeah. I think they are the, the favorites, but they oh, should they be are. bigger favorites than they are, is what I'm saying. My, like, my problem with them is that it's like, okay, if they're healthy, they're going to win, um, or they should be the heavy favorites. That is a ridiculously big if. Uh, I keep enough. seeing this stat thrown around. It's like, oh, uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving have only played like nine games together, 10 games together. That uh, like as like a way to promote just how good the Nets have been without all three of them. That's a bad yeah. thing. They can't like, <laughs> what are the odds that they just go through 20 plus games without any of their big three missing time? Uh, I think their strength is that even if like Kevin Durant goes out for a couple of games, Harden Kyrie can still go out and get playoff wins. No question about right. it. But I, I'm very cautious about like predicting them to win the finals just because I'm super scared they're going to get hurt. Yeah, I think I think they can make it through the playoffs if one of them gets hurt, but in the finals against like the Lakers, like you're going to you're going to need all three. Also, the way the way Boston fans were acting, they might Tanya Harding, Kyrie Irving, like <laughs> he's got to he's got to ride around in some like yeah they really hate the Popemobile. They really hate him. We haven't really talked about the Celtics much in this. No, this is no. all the next time. <laughs> you know, I was I was I was gonna say well that's a little bit fair. I feel like even Celtics fans know that they're. I mean, I saw Brad Stevens say like, well, this is just a really tough team to play. You don't want to match up against him. I don't know what we're gonna do. like. Not exactly those words, <laughs> but I mean that's what he was saying. I'd like to see the Celtics give them a challenge. I'd want to see people, you know, throw the nets up against some adversity and see what happens. Um, but I like I like to think that Kemba and Tatum will go off one game and get one game. I like to think it'll be yeah. If they play like they did against uh, the Wizards in every game, they can they can take some games off. So I don't know. I just feel like like Tatum will match up well with whoever he's on because he's good. And then you got to and then maybe I don't know how good of a defender Kemba is, but. He's not mad is shaking his head. Yeah, that's kind of what Bless I thought. Bless his heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, he's like six foot guard with knee problems. So, right. That's kind of what I thought. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think you, every team can probably take away one, maybe two of the Nets guys, but no one has taken away all three. If they had Brown, if they had Brown, they'd have Smart, Brown, and Tatum. That's a, Decent matchup. That, that between is good. All those that is guys, a good matchup. But, but um, alas, if Brown was healthy, this would be a, an awesome series. Other series we haven't talked about Nuggets Blazers. That's one. Yeah. If I'm correct. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's a good one. That'll be a good one. That's another I one. Think I think so. to go six, seven games. I think a lot of people are going to pick the Blazers just because Murray's out and understandably. So I think the X factor for the, uh, for the Nuggets is going to be Michael Porter Jr. They got to get, sure. they, he needs to get a lot of shots. That guy is great. He's going. He's going to be so good. Uh, he shoots with such confidence for a guy his size so quickly. There's never any delay, and he shoots like you know, like forty five percent from three or something ridiculous in his second actual year of playing in the NBA. Uh, Jokic. That, I mean, the Nuggets really haven't missed a beat without Murray yet. I posted a stat uh, the other day that they're sixteen and eight without him so far. Uh, not to say that that means that Murray doesn't matter to the team. I kind of think that people overuse those like record with and record without stats. Cause like, obviously yeah. we know that Murray's a great player and matters a lot to the nuggets, but they actually had a better record without him. So what does that tell you about using those type of stats? 
But we, it, it, I want to see what type of dame we get. You figure yeah, he's, he's been go he's off. been a little bit off his game the recently. I would say he hasn't been like peak dame. So he's got a he hasn't been bad, but he does have to be you know dame time peak unstoppable supernova scoring force. I would say the th- Jokic is a little bit to me like an elite quarterback where like he just kind of he's so good at reading the floor and as a center, like he's so tough to deal with that Mm -hmm. you can kind of take out pieces around him. And he's the kind of guy who can just see open guy and elevate them. And when MPJ is and Murray being out has let Michael Porter jr. Shine a little bit more and Michael, and it's, it's more about the emergence of, MPJ than it is the the absence of Murray that is for allowed sure. the Nuggets. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. Like it's it's if if MPJ wasn't so good, they wouldn't be sixteen and eight. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And no, like last year, agree. last year, I don't think the Nuggets get out of the first round without Murray. Oh no, they, d- no. There's absolutely right. no doubt they don't get out of the first round without Murray. He was playing right. insane, and then they went to seven with the Jazz. Right. So it's it's not so much that Murray doesn't matter as it is it is like. MPJ is is really good and playing yeah. really good. No, that, that was my point. I wasn't saying right, that Murray right, didn't right, matter. Right. I'm not, I was just yeah, saying that I'm the just, team was still good without him and that those stats of like with and without records aren't good. Right, um, right. I know for a fact that Jokic is going to put Enos Cantor in the ground. That is going to be, <laughs> that has got to be the absolute worst matchup. That's my problem with the Blazers. They can't defend anybody. Right. They cannot. And Enos Cantor has got to be, I like Enos Cantor. He's fun to watch. He like does good stuff on offense. He can get good boards, but Jokic is so tough to guard, and Enos Kanter is not not <laughs> it as a defender. Right, really, none of them are. They're I think they're twenty ninth. They're twenty ninth in defensive rating. The Trailblazers are. Well, yeah, because they'll put out those lineups with like Enos Kanter and then Carmelo <laughs> Anthony, who is past you know. Covington's nice. They're going to throw Covington at MPJ and hope for the best, I guess. But I got, I got the Nuggets in six is what this is coming down to. I'll take the Nuggets in seven. Yeah. I mean, I would like to, I would like to lean Dame time, but uh, first of all, first of all, Dame's style of play is so unbelievably like, it's not sustainable. It really isn't. I understand he's, he's a great player, like in his own right. But when people think Dame time, they think those 40 point with those deep threes, you know, his go ahead game winners, they're not going to be able to live and die off those. I would say there's something to that in that the Dame clutch factor is like, is he's been so good in the clutch this year. Like, and yeah. it's just tough when you're always expecting a guy to hit the clutch, like, last minute shot like it's not it's just not going to go in every time exactly. but i would that, say yeah. dame, i mean dame is you're going to do nba nfl comparisons here i've oh, got God. one for dame that <laughs> i've got one for dame that it's i don't know if i can say it, but i might leave it to you but uh, I, I have i have one for dame if you if you want to hear what it. Is, what is it for dame we've we might have uh, we might we might have the same guy but i was going to go with mccaffrey Oh, I was I was gonna say Rogers, where it's like, oh, okay. if you need a guy with a hail mary and a guy who oh, you think of okay. with like, okay, I feel it. I where feel it's it. like it's not it's it's may not be like every single time, but like there's probably no one you'd rather have uh, like maybe down if you needed some like crazy at just crazy ass pass to win a game yeah. or some or a crazy ass shot. But I don't know. I f- I f- I love Dame. I I I would say that yeah, he's probably not enough by himself to to beat this Nuggets team even without Murray. So that leaves us with only one more series to talk about and it's uh, 
your sons versus the Lakers, Theo. <laughs> uh, no. uh, maybe we can leave that for... <laughs> no, you're going to predict the Lakers to win. Uh, and I, I don't disagree with that prediction. I'm probably going to lean Lakers here. Um, but it doesn't really mean much because you always pick against your own team. Right. He's that's the no most fun. That, fan. Like, that is no fun. no fun. Okay, here's, okay no see, fun. here's your hey, thought no, process. That's not true. Right? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. We talked about this last episode. We talked about, this. We talked about this on the NFC Championship game. We talked about this on the NFC Championship game because mm-hmm. I predicted the Rams to upset the Packers. Mm-hmm. And then they won. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to predict the Packers to win against the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. And that sucked because... A, I got a bunch of Tom Brady fans in my comments like, you're a hater. You always pre- never predict against Tom. So I was miserable there and I was miserable because they lost. So I was double miserable. I could have at least been right. Like I was like, this is not good. At, this is not good at all. Plus, no, see, I hate that mentality because you're either yeah, right you were or does, you're double miserable. But if you if the Packers did win, you would have been double happy. You can never win big if you pick against your own double, team. I wouldn't okay. be double. No, no, no. Because would, if the no, Hornets no, no, no. I win not, game theory at this point, we're just playing game theory at this exactly. point. Exactly. No, no, no. If, if the Hornets ever make a playoff series, on my life, I'm picking them to win. If they ever. Next time they make a playoff series, I'm <laughs> picking them to win. Because if they go out and win a play, like win you a playoff series. You predicted them to lose last episode. And then I woke up the next morning. I said, no, they're making it out of the plans. And they didn't. They played terrible. But I'd do it again. Because if they win a playoff <laughs> series, I you don't want to be in a position where I picked them. <laughs> if they want a playoffs, like from here on out, in the plans, I will predict next the morning. I'm to win. Now you're just biased. No matter now you're what, you're just a biased Hornets fan. Yes, Look where you are. You're, now. You got yes. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick I, the win because I don't want to be. I'm picking the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, because if now if now if Bladen, if Bladen's right, maybe it's unlikely. But if Bladen's right, he can say that he knew all along, and it's even better. And if he's wrong, you know, Blayden says that every year, though, so it's not like he can be like, "Oh, I knew <laughs> no, it this year." No, no, I like, said the Browns are going ten and six every year. Yes, but he now, can. He'll just be like, "I'm I knew saying it the whole we're time. going thirteen and four, and we're winning the Super Bowl." But that's not special. Every Browns fan says that. Everyone's every fan base is the same here. <laughs> this is, comes back to that, where it's like oh every God. fan base thinks that they're winning it all every year, every time. So Theo's just trying to be different. I'm trying to be different, and I'm trying to be realistic, <laughs> and I'm trying. I like I won't predict the Packers to lose to like. If they were playing the Texans, I would project, I would, it's like, I would predict the Packers to win. And I want to be realistic. And the realistic thing is, if there's any shadow of a doubt, I'll predict them to lose. And you say, oh, you'll be doubly happy if they win. I won't be doubly happy because 80% of my happiness comes from the Packers winning. And like 20%, maybe even less, maybe it's like 10% comes from being right. So, like, (laughs) if they win and I'm wrong, I don't, it's not like it's a 50 50. It's like, oh, I'm still super happy that they won. Yeah, I was like, wrong, but who cares? Like, who like cares? 80% I'm, I'm of your happiness happy. from the game or like 80% of your happiness overall? I'm t- from the game, from the game. I'm, I got more. <laughs> Maybe you care a little too much. No, no, like, I'm not saying like overall in my life where it's like, I don't know. I would say at least 70% of my happiness comes from the Browns. That's it's true. It is a miracle that you're here talking with us. In that <laughs> if I knew you before, I would have sent you a hotline after hearing that, but you know, all right. I'm just saying that. We got to talk about, about the Lakers. Yeah, I was about to say. We, we have this not talked about the Lakers. We have not done a single thing about Bridges. Hey, Mikael Bridges is a very good defender. I think he will give LeBron some problems. I think mm-hmm. Bridge, uh, Bridges is awesome. Bridges yes, is I, awesome. I 100% agree. He, he'll put someone in. Pr- I mean, he's not going to put LeBron in prison, but like if I'm going to throw someone at LeBron, that'll be good. 
you know, Chris Paul, his Rockets team did bring the death lineup Warriors to seven and then he got hurt and they lost. So, you know, you can't discount him. Booker, I mean, he was in the play-in bubble like last year. They did go eight and oh. They went eight and no. So like Booker has oh, yeah. performed in these big situations before. So like, it's not impossible. It's not impossible, but again, Mm-mm. I don't, it's, I mean, they're the two seed for the reason, but again, it just comes down to a lot of faith in the Lakers more than it is. I don't feel confident about the Suns because I think the Suns are a really good team. Aiton is underperformed a little bit for a first overall pick, but he's still a good center. Um, as much as he does kind of frustrate the Suns fan base and that he should be even better, but you know, he, he is a good, he's, he put Giannis, they played the Bucks a couple, a couple nights, weeks ago. And like, he was doing a really good job on Giannis. If he plays like that for a series, like, and plays like that. And Mikhail is good. Like, again, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I can see the Suns giving the Lakers problems, but again, this is a team that just won the finals last year. And then, and then I think they got deeper and, you know, they're the favorites for the reason. So I'm going to say Lakers and maybe six. Um, but you know, I could, it's not like, I think the Suns have absolutely no shot, I guess. No, I, I agree. Um, I think the big difference where the big problem will be, and I don't want to get burned on this again, but I really feel strongly about it this time. I don't think Deandre Aiden can handle Anthony Davis. That's my big problem with Aiden. Uh, I like some of the stuff that he does as a player, but he, it's not like he's going to go out and really give problems to like an Embiid or a Davis, and that's what he needs to be doing for this team. Bridges, I, I agree that Bridges will probably do a decent job with LeBron, but he's not going to stop him, I don't right, think. Right, right. Um, Plus, LeBron plays point guard a lot of the time, so yeah. like, it's not always going to be Bridges. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the other play. thing. I think people are like, it's like, oh, you can match up this guy on this guy, you know, and obviously that's important. I talk about that, but that's not really how basketball works. Right. Yeah. The offense controls the... Uh, the right, like the if, yeah, does. but you know, yeah. Eh, eh. And the other so, thing about Aiden is it's not even, I might be more concerned about his offense on Anthony Davis than his defense on Anthony Davis. Cause my biggest problem with Aiden is like, there's so many times where he is, he's seven foot one, he's huge and he'll be at the basket and he won't dunk. He'll do an outlet pass back out. He's not aggressive enough. And I don't, and you know, if he's in the paint and Davis is there, like if you're passive, you're not going to score on Davis. So like, not only is it on the defensive end, like I've seen him put, put up some, like, because he's so big and he did have that really good game versus Giannis. So that gave me a little bit of confidence. It's more even just like, can we score in the paint? Can Aiton, cause who, who like the power for like there's Sarich who's just been miserable since he came off of COVID. Um, he was good before though. So yeah, I, no, I, I, I like Sarge. Yeah. I, yeah, I like Sarge too. It's just like, can we score in the paint is, is my number one concern. Can we get in the yeah. paint and score? So I got Lakers in six, but if we can get in the paint and score, maybe, maybe the Suns can win, but you have a little more faith in the Suns than I thought you did. Lakers in no, six I, is yeah. I, no, I don't. I, I'll take Lakers in six. Like, okay. Yeah, I thought I thought you I thought you were acting like the Suns were gonna get swept. No, they're not that's gonna what, get swept. Yeah, that's what I was. I was like, bro, you have to have a little no. faith in your team. No, I really think I've been saying that I think Booker's gonna go off. I think he's gonna do great. Um, I expect big things out of him in the playoffs. Maybe that's just like a, a gut feeling or whatever. But he yeah. did really well in the bubble. He's been waiting a long time to get here. Yeah, he has been. Um, he has been a little bit questionable the past couple of weeks. Booker has not exactly been on his A game in the most recent stretch of games here. So. He needs to turn it around. Otherwise, we might get swept. But he did go crazy in the bubble 
but he was it like, sucks. Oh. It sucks for the Suns. I feel so bad that they had such a great season and they get matched up against the Lakers first round. That kind of sucks. It does that, suck. And I kind of feel like a, yeah. I'm a very recent Suns fan since I moved down to ASU. I'm from Minnesota. I just <laughs> did not care about the Timberwolves. This is the, my son's fandom lore is like from Minnesota. I just kind of, I paid attention very broadly to the NBA. I was not a diehard Timberwolves fan. And then when I got down to ASU, like I could go to son's games for like five bucks and my campus is like five minutes from the stadium. So we just walked there. We went to a ton of son's games for like $5 sneak up into like the front row. It was awesome. <laughs> so that's where my, like I've been a son's fan for like a year so it's not so much of a big like, and then they get like good right away. But like, there's some long suffering Suns fans, and I do feel so badly for all the other like real Suns fans that have been rooting for them <laughs> for like a decade and see nothing but bad, you know. And now they can, now they finally make the playoffs, and it's the Lakers that does totally suck. Yeah. But for me, it's yeah. not so bad because I just started rooting for them like not this year, but the year before. Well, I think we got to get into this game that we were going to play not even a game just Bladen is probably the newest to the nba of any of the three of us yeah um so the producer came up with a little segment we're uh gonna be giving him a couple names and he's gonna come up with an nfl comparison for that nba player and we're starting it off james harden Bladen, who you got James Harden's interesting because he has probably one of the deepest bags in in basketball. Super talented, super versatile player can do a lot for your offense. So to me, that sounds like Tyreek Hill. So I'm going to roll with Tyreek. Super fast, super athletic, can do a lot on your offense. Doesn't play defense. Um, <laughs> that is I, I, I know. I know James Harden's defense has gotten better uh, as of late, but uh, Tyreek Hill does not play defense. That is. Good take. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's not that I necessarily super disagree. I'm trying to think of like who I would say for Harden, but sometimes with some of these players, I feel like there isn't a perfect match. Like we're only talking about one aspect of their game. I would go with Ryan Fitzpatrick just because he's got a big beard. Yeah, see, like you could say something <laughs> like that. It's <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's just a good comparison. Um, he's also a top three quarterback, and you know James Harden's a top three point yeah. guard, so it, it checks out. Or shooting guard, I guess now. We got Curry next on the list, Bladen. Let us know. Okay. Curry Curry's the one that I think I have the best comparison for. So Curry, I see, is being one of the most polarizing players in the league. You either love him or you hate him. And everyone that hates him says, oh, well, if he couldn't shoot, then he would suck. That is every Curry hater in the world. And it sounds exactly like every Lamar hater I've ever seen. Oh, well, if he couldn't run... If he couldn't run, he wouldn't be good. It's like, first of all, no. If you've ever watched Lamar play, no. Second of all, he can run. He's going to utilize that. Yeah, there's definitely some comparisons. I think, like, if young fans really like both those guys. I think Curry doesn't have as many haters as Lamar. Um, And also, also Curry is like... Because Curry's like... Been in multiple finals, won yeah, multiple yeah, yeah, finals. Yeah. So like, so like, obviously there's going to be differences with anybody you find. Um, yeah, but that one, that one makes sense from just how like electric they are. I would, I would maybe disagree with you saying that if Lamar couldn't run, he'd be really good. But that's kind of a story for a different time. I feel like I, I don't think mind. he'd be. I don't think he'd be like really good. Like the same way, if Curry could not shoot, if Curry was a horrible shooter, he would not be a 
spectacular point guard. Oh, he'd be terrible. I think player. I think both of them <laughs> yeah. would be really bad without that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Lamar like okay, they, I don't like, think they'd be like really bad, but like they wouldn't be they would not be the players they are. No, if Curry just, couldn't if Curry like couldn't shoot threes. <laughs> this is true for any point guard who has ever existed. If he couldn't shoot threes, he would be not good. You guys got mad at me because I, or I think it was just Matt. You got mad at me. I made a, I made a garden 2K that couldn't shoot. Yeah, I should say that that's not necessarily true. Like there are some guards in the NBA who still can get things done and not be able to shoot. But like for most guards, if you can't yeah. shoot, you're not going to be good. And go. with Lamar, um, like a large part of his game is yeah, that running. And it, it's, stu- it's stupid to say like, oh, if he couldn't run, he wouldn't be good. Well, he can't. You could also yeah. you could also say that one of the main points that of hate that Lamar gets is the playoff success. And in a weird way, some of the hate that Curry gets is playoff success in that <laughs> he has no finals MVPs, which is yeah. one of the yeah, you know, that, that's, that's weird the weird uh Curry hate <laughs> is that he has no finals MVPs. I don't know, but yeah. So I get I could see that where like electric a very large, very young online fan base, I would say that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah. And then uh, we got Luca on the list here too for you, Bladen. Luca, Luca's a tough one. I'm gonna go a little bit of a reach, and I'm gonna go with Baker. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew what? Theo was gonna. I knew Theo was gonna get a chuckle out of that one. <laughs> Theo, I, okay, you, you hold on. Hold on. To, no, it's not, don't explain. <laughs> yeah, I need you to explain yourself with that one. That's, I told you, it's a little bit of a reach. It's a little bit of a reach, and it's right mostly there. like. They they kind of appear to be the quote unquote saviors of their franchise, and I I don't think Baker is the savior of the Browns by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think he's a solid player, uh, kind of in the same way that I think Luke is a very very good player. But I I don't know if I would say he's solely the savior of of his so you're, entire you're organization. A Luka hater. I'm so not a Luca, Luca hater. I just, Luca, <laughs> Mahomes, I, I just, Mahomes was, I just was right there for you to say, and you said Baker Mayfield. <laughs> As in a transcendent, like young, instant MVP candidate, it was right there. This like a t a t ball on the that on is the, a that is a pretty good comp. Yeah, I like Mahomes. And then you said Baker Mayfield, as in like a borderline top ten quarterback who is looks. I'm not good a Luca hater. I, I just that sounds like you, you are, are a Luca hater. Bladen, a Lu- <laughs> Bladen starts paying attention to basketball and his first takeaway is Luca is Baker Mayfield. Go back. <laughs> we're going back to the, <laughs> to the drawing board. Oh my Lord. Uh, maybe I'll change my mind after a couple months. Who's who knows? You're, you're going to change your mind after Luca hits some 360 behind his head sh- <laughs> game winning shot against the Clippers or whatever ridiculous thing he's probably going to do. I think that's got to do it for us here today. Um, I appreciate y'all tuning in and watching. Make sure to subscribe on whatever you're watching on. Follow, leave a rating. But yeah, this has been a great episode. Thank y'all for tuning in. Catch you on the flippity flop. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.